Hello darlings, welcome to Killin' Time with Kimber Lovecraft. We might talk about dicks, we might talk about butts, they might tell you lies, they might tell you what's what. Either way, gather round cunts for Killin' Time, brought to you by King Cobra. Send me a fucking check already. Absolutely, I'm just prepping to send a pic. Sending a picture. Because Crystal will be just so amused by the setup being so similar to our setup. Oh, uh, yes. I keep it basic right now. You're my, um, fourth? Third. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. I think you're my third. Third time on the podcast, Killing Time with Chris Canary today. I call you Birdman. Yep. Um, for obvious reasons. If you don't get that, go ahead and quit the show now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, uh, Chris is an author. Um, you've written quite a few fucking stories. Um, yeah. I'm actually stepping ahead of myself. <laughs> Let's lead to the first question. Sure. Birdman, who do you think you are? Tell us about yourself. What do you, what do, you do? Tell them what I, I was about to say. That's the basics that I tend to put down is I'm a survivor. So uh, life kicks the hell out of just about everybody. So I tend to uh, go with the fact that I've managed to survive everything it's managed to throw at me. And, you know, I'm still here. And best way to figure out how to do that has been to have a common common ground with just about everybody and stories are the best way to find that common ground absolutely i feel you you want some king cobra yeah, absolutely all right um and that's <clears throat> so the reason i had you on today is you actually wrote a story um we talked about this earlier but <clears throat> excuse me i do that a lot i have a little bit of ocd so yeah <clears throat> so you write stories. Um, you're an author. I read The Albatross. was the first... No, the second thing I ever read. The first thing I ever read was, um, was Don't it? Tell Me, uh, <laughs> Stark Galactic. Stark View. Stark, Stark View Intergalactic. Stark View Intergalactic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was really Which good. Which was basically a six-page, just short story to, to... It's going to lead to something eventually. Okay. I keep having my publisher go, you know what? I really, really want to see that at some point. I want to see a full novel. Uh, and that's Dar, who's who's running Wamingo Publishing, which is out of Indianapolis. Uh, strangely enough, now, like, five minutes from me. No shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, he, he wants to see that one. And I remember handing that story to you, and I remember being amused because you came up to me after reading that and going, Birdman, I, I, I'm, I'm so amazed because, wow, how you managed to get that, that air exchanger how you included that in your story from that old building that we used to be in together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that was written at the previous job I was at. That wasn't even written at this job. And you were like, holy shit. And that's what's good about it. You encompassed office life on a spaceship <laughs> so well that it, it, you wrote it based on place A. Mm -hmm. I met you at place B. And yep. I was like, you wrote it for place B. And you're like, no. But it, and it goes to show how... Those Universal. tropes, yeah, Universal. they're not just tropes. It, it happens, it's real yeah. life, you know? And then um, your story, The Albatross, yeah. we were talking, that one fucking got me. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go into too much detail of why it got me, obviously, because yeah, yeah. people need to fucking read this. The Albatross by Chris Canary. Let's go ahead and plug that book. Where can they find that? They can find that in Whispers of a Time Forgotten. Whispers. Uh, you can search for Wamingo and Wamingo uh, Press. I, I'm trying to remember if it's Wamingo Press, Wamingo Limited... Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Okay. You can definitely find them there. You can also find my author page there, which is where I tend to put updates. I haven't updated a whole lot lately because life's just been a little too real. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Sometimes you got to live it and not write it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'm always running something in the background of my head, keeping note page. You've seen that where just weird little anecdotes from some idiot uh, uh, person will go, okay, you know what? That's going in. Pull up document, type in. Even just a quote, yes, or or an exchange, yes, you'll get uh, that little smirk. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like you just. Well, you you know that there's going to have to be an alien race at some point on Starkview, where someone idiotly makes some slur to that race and they don't even realize it, and then the race just is like, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Inspired by real life yes, is how yes. it tends to go. And that's those are the best stories to me, is the ones like we talked about that are universal and then yeah. you feel it on a fundamental level. Um you you definitely have a gift and I definitely want to see you do more. Um because you've done you're in that book and then the other book you're in. Unreal City. Unreal City. Unreal those City both, came about in two thousand twelve. Okay. Two thousand eleven, somewhere around in there. It was a period of time I went probably two thousand eleven or early twelve. Um, I had been unemployed, so I had graduated, been unemployed, 
and then just was kind of running some ideas around, friends decided that they were going to do an anthology. They had published, self-published uh, her book. And so they wanted to just kind of spread the love and help some authors who had not actually been published get published. Yes. And the, the story I came up with, they said, you can do whatever you want, but it has to be in Indianapolis. That's where the hook of the book was. Okay. So I came up with a post-apocalyptic <laughs> Indianapolis completely burned out. Um, uh, and it's this whole world that I've not done anything else with. Okay. But this was just two travelers coming from Ohio, traveling through Indianapolis and going up towards uh, uh, Illinois. Okay. The, the burned out remains of Illinois at that point. No, mm -hmm. they were going to St. Louis. That's right. Because the arch is a whole thing. Okay. Um, and they, I basically said, hey, I'm, I'm interested. What would you like? And they said, well, we see from how you post on Facebook that you can actually write full sentences. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, that's a start. That is. So I, I with uh, Unreal City, the, the story is entitled Hand Victory. Okay. And so it is these two travelers. Magic has returned to the world. Nice. And... Everything is burned out. You've got different areas that are ruled by different monsters. Okay. And so these travelers are trying to find out what the fuck happened. I, there's, there's, it was a first story. It was a first published story. Okay. Yeah. So it's got a little bit of rough. And in writing it, I, I had one of the best things in the world. I had an editor who was willing to edit and not turn the story into their voice. Nice. Okay. So editors sometimes will do that. They, yeah. they will write what they, th they will edit in a style that they think the story should be told. Exactly. Instead of helping an author go, hey, this is your voice. Yes. Um, that same story I had also sent to a friend of mine who has been writing for, I think, 30, 40 some years and said, I would like your input on this. And she responded back to me and said, you really don't. Because <laughs> she has gotten so many people who have wanted her to help them be better authors. And I'm like, no, I know that you are going to hammer this with a fine tooth mallet. And that's going to help me evolve this. Yeah. So she came back with a whole list of things that mm -hmm. she thought were wrong with it. And then she had a little thing at the end that said, however, on some of these things, if you're going to change them, if you're already hesitant at all, then change it. Mm -hmm. Because these are where I see problems. If they were not, do not change it. Because at the end of the day, this story needs to be in your voice. And those are words that I've pretty much taken from then on. That's awesome. I've evolved storytelling style. Yes. Um, you, you will notice a mm -hmm. leap between reading um, Hand of Victory and The Albatross. And if you, if you go, I think, uh, uh, the Quantum Leap story that I did in between, um, there, there's a bit of an evolutionary step there as well. Mm -hmm. But when I was writing for uh, Des Kraken House, is what the name of the publisher of Unreal City was. Okay. When I was writing for them, they were going to put out an anthology and they wanted it to be Victorian romance, which most people think romance. They're like, ah, I can't write that. And I was like, wait a minute. Actual definition of Victorian romance it's high adventure, like Wells, Verne, that style. I'm like, I could totally do that. Yeah. And so that was where the seeds for uh, the albatross started to come about. Okay. So so it was like high adventure, you know, the, the late 1800s, we can do that. And so I just kind of started putting some ideas together. And Neil Gaiman, uh, who, who is one of my influencers, um, I'd say between Gaiman, King, and a majority influence from an author by the name of Joel Rosenberg, who passed away about nine years ago, I think, eight years ago. Um, but those three are the prime influencers on where my storytelling styles started, as opposed to where they started to evolve to. Okay. Um, they also happen to be my three favorite authors. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I, I, everybody says King. Everybody now says Gaiman, especially if they're into fantasy. Few say uh, Rosenberg. So it's he, he did a series of books called... Uh, the Guardians of the Flame, which dealt with gamers thrown into their game world. Okay, all uh, right. The first book was called The Sleeping Dragon. Um, I, I would recommend that to just about anybody that likes fantasy. Okay. Um, but The Albatross, I, I had the ideas. I'm like, you know what? There's a fair bit of Pratchett influence in there as well. In fact, there's one flat-out shout-out to, uh, to Pratchett in the middle of the book. Uh, or in the middle of the story, rather. And... 
I just was like, I, I have this idea. I just, I don't know where I can go with this. And so I hit writer's block. And it was one of those where it's like, what the hell do I do with this? I, I have this idea. I know where I want this story to begin, where I want it to end up. But how do I get it there? And as I was talking to Sherry Priest, um, another author, at In Conjunction, a local um, <clears throat> sci-fi and fantasy convention that primarily is focused on writing, literature. I was talking to her, and we got on the topic of public domain characters. And as soon as she and I had gotten talking on that, about an hour later after I'd, I'd gone and done something else, um, um, a figure from the past just kind of sauntered out and walked in front of me and said, hey, I understand you're having a problem with your story. I, I, I would like to offer my services to assist you. And that was the character of Emperor Norton. Okay. For those who don't know, Emperor Norton actually did exist. Joshua Abraham Norton. He uh, uh, was a man in the late 1800s who was putting a lot of his money into shipping rain, or shipping rice because he was going to ship it and then make a profit on it. He was buying it cheap and then going to make a profit on it because there were problems with the shipping lines at the time. Well, he ended up getting... Uh, he lost all this money because... His, store, his ships were delayed, I believe, in a storm, and other ships arrived first, and it just crashed the market. Gotcha. So he kind of went insane. Yes, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> That's a rough go. Damn. Declared himself emperor. Okay. And was basically this kind of transient around the streets of San Francisco. I think it was San Francisco. It's been a while since I've read it. I've, yeah. I read the autobiography, or no, the biography on him, where it was talking about his entire life. And I would go through and I would copy and paste snippets and go, okay, this was something he believed in. He believed in technology. He proposed basically the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Years before it was even thought of. Yeah. And he just would sell his own currency. People took pity on him. But he had a really very interesting mind. And so being able to look at that character, read his biography and go, I can put snippets of him in an alt-earth where he survived and something changed so that he was able to actually become a major character. Yes. So I haven't gone into a whole lot in that story, the background, and I will in a future story because as, as having read it, you're aware that that character is well able to be reused. Yes, very much uh, the so. Character, the character of... In uh, a William, lot of clever ways. William Tempe. You didn't write yourself into a corner or anything. No. Like, <clears throat> it... That's, that was really fucking cool. I was just sitting there and all for a second. Like, it felt like I was watching behind-the-scenes commentary. I've never talked to anyone about that book. So it was so cool <laughs> to hear how you created that. Because yeah. what I saw as a reader was just, it was amazing. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, you know? Like, it's with, like I told you earlier, when any time anyone hands me a story, I'm like, all right. And then I read Starview. Right. I was sitting at my old house on the front porch. <laughs> <clears throat> put it on my Kindle, because you sent me a digital copy. Right. And... I fucking read it, and I was like, oh, shit, all right, you know? Yeah. And then uh, you sent me um, The Albatross. Yeah. And I sat down in one go and fucking chain smoked cigarettes and read that motherfucker on the porch, yep. and I was just like, holy shit, like, <clears throat> that's fantastic. Yeah, like, the, twi it's... The, the twist is a, a little bit of fun with And see, I didn't even want to mention the twist, because yeah, like, yeah. when people know there's a twist, but, like, it's still, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it was impressive, and to know that that was, because you told me it was based on a true person, well, um, well, the, 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 the side character. Yes, yes, the, yes. The, the one who, who ended up being, because the whole point of the story is that the Emperor is being taken on a brand new <clears throat> airship uh, that is the fastest one. It's small, it's, it's sleek, it's fast, and he is going over to China to renegotiate uh, the price of rice. So once I had that, once I had that as a hook, I was able to go, oh, well, hell. The story yeah. just kind of started to flow in different pieces. And it's fantastic. It's, you tie everything in really well. I'm, I'm legitimately impressed, which is why you're on here today. Um, fucking A. That was a great introduction. That's, that's who we've got today, folks. Motherfucking Birdman. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're going to dive deeper now. Sure. Um, what would you rather be doing? <laughs> what would I rather be doing? I yes. Said over, overall in the world? You could, you could literally be doing, within reason, anything you want. What's what's a good you know what's a good day for you? A good day for me is yeah. where I wake up, I go to the computer, 
I start writing and I just, the doors for all of these various worlds are open. I believe that on the Facebook author page, the image that I say is, you should see the worlds that I see, mm. which, which is kind of co-opted just a little bit from the TV show, The Dead Zone. Okay. Right. Um, but it's, it's literally going and writing and just being able to translate these, these words out so that others can accept them and see them. Um, when, when I did, uh, uh, when I went over to Wamingo Press, I was introduced to them by my uh, publisher from Des House. Okay. Des House, when I put that story to them, they had already canceled the book and they weren't going to be doing it. And, and she was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay. I just, it was a good story. I kind of want to see it go somewhere. She was like, however, with your permission, I would, I have another group, another group of friends that are going to be publishing another anthology. I would like to submit your story to them. And I'm like, with my permission. Hell, with my blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I want this out there. And so there was, there was a, a meet uh, between that publisher, the new publisher, my fiancé, and myself. And we were just sitting there drinking a beer. And one of the best compliments I got from the former publisher was, you, you, know, you will have no problem with you know, Chris as far as an author. He does not have the standard author ego. And I'm like... There's no reason for me to have the standard author ego. Editors are there to help me translate what I see in my head mm -hmm. out to the rest of people. Yes. It's to make it easier. <clears throat> oh, well, that doesn't work. There was one point in uh, Hand of Victory where I, it was the first time I ever wrote a battle scene. Okay. And the, the problem was, I, I believe it was page 19 of the story. Um, my editor said, the story, I like where you're going with this. You might want to change this small element. However, page 19 is a hot mess. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, no. Page 19 was a hot mess. Yeah. I had been writing the story for like practically two days straight. Like okay. I'd been unemployed, so I hadn't focused on anything else. Yes. And so I was just writing through. And I, page 19 was so near the end that I started to rush. I get it, yeah. And so one of the takeaways from that was take your time you you need to take your time when you're crafting this think of what's you know what what is being said what the people are going to read and make sure that every step leads to every other step you can't take shortcuts when writing exactly a story. yes and that's uh speaking of shortcuts i talked to you earlier normally i forgot to give this to you it's the first thing i do we got wrapped up in the story because like i wanted to get that out there and like because that, holy shit, again, the Albatross, folks, is one of the greatest things I've ever read. I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast. I've said that before I even had a fucking podcast. Yeah. It um, was fun. It was fun. And that's good. And that's the whole point with, with writing the stories is if I'm not having fun translating all of this in my head out to others, then there's no way any reader is going to have fun. So it has to be enjoyed. Exactly. Exactly. And I paint by emotion. Yeah. Um, Yours is the first painting I did where I was listening to Sepultura and just let let it flow. You know, yeah. um, normally it's more chill, little Pink Floyd, little Muse, you know, like some fucking black holes and revelations. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like to keep it, you know, and just think about it. And yours, I was like, all right, we're going to get here. So I've got a painting for you. Okay. I give this to everybody. Um, little abstract. It's probably still wet. I normally paint okay. these a day in advance. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is your painting today. Oh, I love it. You like I that? Absolutely. There's love birds. It. Do you yeah. notice the birds? I was hoping yeah. you didn't think they're mustaches. No. But yes, no. there you go, sir. Well, thank you. I'm hoping that if I ever make it famous, those will be worth millions and people will be like, all right, I made a million dollars to go on a shitty podcast in that bedroom. It's nah, just not a shitty podcast. <laughs> Very few podcasts that I've ever noticed are shitty. There are some that don't quite mesh. Yeah, there you go. The that's, and that's the thing. I've never, I, I will take that back. I have heard one bad podcast, and it was only because. Uh, it was Andy Dick's podcast. Okay. Uh, but not the, the... I guess he's got two. And someone told me to listen to Andy Dick's podcast. And the one I listened to, it was someone calling into a studio. And the studio had Andy Dick on Skype via a computer. Yeah. And he had shit going on at his house. So it was a hot mess. Like, you couldn't... Like, the audio levels is what got me. I yeah. could have listened to it if it wasn't, like, fucking screaming in my ear from this guy. And then nothing from this guy. You right. know? And then, right. like... It was just <clears throat> so no, but I've never I listen to a lot of podcasts too. Um it's just it's not for everyone, you no, know. But no. it, 
Some the, some are definitely better than others. <laughs> exactly. And it yeah. depends on like I listen to any fucking uh, drag race podcast to like Mark Maron's WTF if he's got a right. good guest on there, you know. I, I listen to the one uh, he did with uh, Robin Williams after Robin Williams passed. I, I didn't get to hear that because it's so far back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't want to have to pay for it. I'm thinking about finding it on YouTube or something. Yeah, I that's probably could. Actually, probably pretty wise. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, the last one I listened to. Who did it? Uh, I'm listening to RuPaul's right now. Um, Lisa Kudrow. I love okay. Lisa Kudrow so much. Much. Like, <clears throat> her as Phoebe was one of the best characters ever for me. Like, when I was a kid... She had a lot she, of fun with right, She did. She was just so happy. And, like, I'm a really positive person, as you know. Like, fucking, uh, we were out to Denny the other night. My mom commented on me being happy all the time, you know. She was like, of course you're happy. Because we were drinking. She got me right, drinking right. margaritas. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but that's, right. you know, and I was like, I'm so happy. She was like, you're always happy. And I was just like... So is Phoebe. You know, like, yeah. she's just, she's such a doll. Um, now I've got the song in my head. Thanks. <clears throat> You're welcome. <laughs> I keep clearing my throat today. I don't fucking know why. Oh, it's because my allergies are coming. The spring and stuff yeah. are coming around. I'm starting to feel it worse today. Um, back to these questions. Sure. What is the weirdest place you've received mail from? The weirdest place I've received mail from. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think about Maybe that. not weird, but like, what's a random place you've received mail from? Like, I've got some shit from, uh, like, Egypt uh, when I ordered a hookah back in the day. Um, Thomas said he hadn't got anything, but I found a package the other day addressed to him where it had Tibetan stamps all over it. And I was like, damn, you haven't. You know, like... I think the weirdest place I have received mail from... I somehow ended up on a list for like a vacuum cleaner sales in Canada. Okay, all right. And I we'll put no can, we don't have a Canada on the board yet. <laughs> put Canada on the board, folks. I don't know how I ended up on that list, except for maybe there was one point where I went on a vacation uh, with a friend to Canada to Toronto. Okay. And I I remember it was a fun vacation. I don't remember how I would have signed up for anything on that. I mean, I went to the the. Oh god, what was it? The the Toronto the the needle. Whatever Space what, Needle. Not not Space Needle, Space yeah. Needles uh, oh, that's uh in Washington. Yes. But it was basically the equivalent. Okay. Because there was All a picture right. of me looking through the the glass from way up high Fuck like every two bit of tiles. That. <clears throat> Fuck every that bit were of just that. glass. And no. I remember just standing there. <laughs> I think I took a picture of myself. With my head leaning down on the glass. Uh, it gets, I can't do it just thinking about it. I hate that. I fucking hate heights. Like there's I, that one in Chicago where the, the it comes out a little yep. bit and I was like, no, you're gonna you're gonna fucking fall to your death. Heights like, heights fuck uh, me up too, but that's one of the reasons why I've jumped out of a plane twice. Ew, yeah, on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Like, no, I can't. I can't. It was it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. The second jump, though, was the one that was... Uh, the clouds were all purple. It was a sunset jump. Mm. So it was beautiful. That'd be so, cool. So, that would be cool. But that's been <clears throat> 22 years ago, so <laughs> it's been a little while. Yeah, no, I'm not jumping. I'm one of those people where if a plane goes down, I'm hanging on to the plane as long as I yeah. can... Just so I don't have to free fall as far. Right. I'm already free falling, but I got a hold of something. Right, it's you like, know? If, like you, if you jump in a falling elevator, you're not going to... Yeah. I, I like to think that, and I hate <laughs> I hate being somewhere when it's raining outside and i got to take the elevators. Yep. Oh, God, it's such a fucking night... We've talked enough about fucking nightmares. We oh, don't yeah, talk yeah. about those. Oh, um, nightmares are great for storytelling. So, well, speaking of nightmares, how many White Castles can you eat? <laughs> About 15. You think so? All right. All right. We've had, I've had a lot of varied answers on here. I I can't, I can't do them. It's just, but half a suitcase. Yeah. 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 That's what, uh, Milo also could do half a suitcase. Okay. Dan, uh, codename Edgar. Yeah. He says he can do 20. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I've, I've said for a while that I thought he, uh. Might be over full of something that those would help produce. So, you know. It's, it's, I, I, miss I don't him. know. I miss him. Yeah. It's. Mm. Um, you said he was on the show. Yes. Yes. He was on here last week. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I like to have funny people on. I like yeah. to have intelligent people who fucking write good stories on. I like, you know, I'm just one of those. I'm just, I have fun, you know. I, and I, I will take the accolades, but, but imposter syndrome is a real, real thing. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's the thing. Like, you see it from. Your eyes, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like you've seen all the failures, and I'm only seeing the highlight reel, yeah. though. And that's a problem we do is we compare our failures to everyone else's highlight reel. Absolutely. But you do absolutely have a talent, and it's fucking amazing. Um, I, I, I stumbled across about a year or two ago. 
I went to my parents' house and in the basement where I've got all the totes stored because I didn't have room to store them in a shitty small one-bedroom apartment. Right. I found the first things I'd written in high school, like one page, two page stories and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, you know what? We're going to take this folder. We're going to take it up to the apartment because it's going to be rough to go through that. But you never know if there's a story seed in there that I can now look at years and years after experience. Because you could tell 15-year-old writing, a 15-year-old, you know, attempts at writing yes. versus someone much older with more experience going uh, no that doesn't that doesn't work yes yes wish fulfillment mostly and that's I uh, <laughs> ever since my son's been drawing yeah I've always wanted to I didn't want to get rid of him so what I started doing is I take a picture of every picture he draws me and we just keep a stack and then we give him to his mom um, yeah. but that way I have every picture he's ever drawn so if it because he loves yep. art so much if he becomes a famous artist yeah and just loves doing it and I'm like check it out this is your first drawing and shit yep. like that I wish, you know, my parents would have done shit like that for me, but I don't blame them for that, you know, it's just... Again, it's one of those things that things just kind of fall off the radar. Yeah, exactly. Very when you're a kid. Oh, yeah, especially, like, when when I was growing up, like, it was... I just wanted a computer more than anything, you know, and, like, it was a very... Not everyone had computers, you know, and it was or like... Or in 64. Exactly, yes, <laughs> you know, and it was fucking... Uh, but my parents got me one once they realized, like, that's... He wants one real bad, and then it obviously worked out for him. So I'm glad they right. did do that. And they couldn't yeah. buy me a computer any sooner. But they did, like, I did play a lot of Nintendo and shit as a kid. You yeah. know, I was into computers and shit. Same. But this, this isn't about me. This is about you. Yep. Speaking <laughs> of food, we just had the White Castle question. Yeah. Speaking of food, what's your least favorite jelly bean? Oh, black. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Which is funny, because I can, I can take the licorice taste in absinthe. But not so much from a jelly bean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very different than jelly bean. That's Dan uh, actually said, he's like, I like black licorice, yeah. but I hate black licorice jelly beans. I was like, so they're the black licorice of black licorice. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so um, with the black licorice jelly beans, would you rather have to eat 100 every day or put 10 of them up your butthole every day? Oh, turn them up my butt. That's that's kind I of mean, where I'm at. I mean, you think about it; those those are going to expel soon anyway. So. True. And my least favorite is um, the rotten Especially eggs. after the White Castles. Have you ever had? Good point. <laughs> Good point. Have you ever had the rotten egg ones? I don't know that I have. It's a game called Bean Boozled. Yeah, yeah. So the rotten egg ones are in there, and it's it's fucking putrid. Like okay. that's yes. It's, I think I've had green or grass. Yeah. So those are ones. yeah. Those aren't bad. Those are yeah. those are gross. So you but you know how how that grass flavor was so spot on. It's the same with rotten eggs. Okay. And it just doesn't go away, though. And it's and you're belching it for weeks uh, afterwards. Oh, God, yes. It's so good. That's why I can't eat peanuts. I hate oh. peanut burps. It fucking pisses me off. Tastes like I've been fucking huffing Reese's cups. I could see that. Yes. Um, so, every podcast does a top five list, but I think those aren't good enough. We're going to do the top five of your top five. Okay. So, okay. what's your favorite movie? Of all time. Oh, my God. Yes. The Fisher King. The Fisher King. Okay. Yeah. That was a quick answer. Yeah. I was, all right, all right. And I tr- like I said earlier, I trust your opinion on movies. Well, like, I just I just moved, uh-huh. and I am a big Gilliam fan, like Terry Gilliam. It's It says something when I get into uh, really good, smart discussions with friends over the fact that in my top five Gilliam films, mm-hmm. Brazil is number six. Okay. Brazil is one of those that most people have in their top five, usually number one. Brazil, strangely enough, pegs my nihilism meter. It is okay. just a little too nihilistic for me. <clears throat> All right. But Fisher King, 12 Monkeys. Um, <gasps> that's the one I'm familiar with. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's another Gilliam film. Shit. All right. Uh, I need to watch that. I watched that when I was younger. Uh-huh. Adventures of Baron Munchausen uh, is up there. Gilliam has done a lot of films, but Fisher King and 12 Monkeys tend to be pretty high on mine. Although The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which just came out, uh, is is edging into those top five. Okay. Yes. All right. <clears throat> top five of the top five. What's your favorite band? Pink Floyd. Bro! Oh my goodness! Oh, I didn't know that about you, yeah. Birdman. We just we just connected on a level. I, I saw that. Oh in my god, no shit. no shit. I got to see uh Roger Waters do the wall in Chicago. Nice. Um the only re- I wanted to see that. So when I was in high school, I, I found Pink Floyd laying in my dad's truck, the sun was shining through, 
uh, I think it was Comfortably Numb came on. Yep. And I asked my dad, I said, who is this? And he said, it's fucking Pink Floyd, man. Yep. And I said, oh, shit, you know? And um, my high school teacher... I believe Comfortably Numb was the first one that I ever recall hearing because my best friend and another friend of ours, uh, the other friend had the, the wall LP. Yes. And so he had popped it on when we were over at their house, like when we were in high school, early high school. And it was, I'm pretty sure Comfortably Numb was the first song that I heard and it just stayed there and we went and saw the concert. That's fantastic. See, yeah. and that's, my buddy let me borrow that whole album. Uh, his dad had it and he let me borrow it. And I remember that changed my life in that moment. I was just like, holy fuck, you know, it's just... So fi- so, oh. so I'm assuming Wall would be your favorite album? Uh, so I would honestly probably say A Saucer Full of Secrets is probably my favorite album. Okay. Uh, my favorite song is Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun or Remember a Day. It's okay. a toss-up between those two. And one of my... I actually... I have a fucking bracket that my ex-boyfriend made me. Yeah. He put all kinds of Pink Floyd songs in like an NCAA style bracket. Yeah. And made me pick two at a time between the two. Oh, So man. I could find out my favorite song. That's and smart. And I, I forget what I picked now, um, but Set the Controls... It's definitely up there if it's not my favorite. Because, like, if you ask me to pick a song, that's going to be it. But See, there might be one that it comes against. I think my favorite album is, honestly, probably The, uh, the Division Bell. Nice. That is Because it's so intrinsically oh linked with that God. concert and that time. I feel you, yes. Keep Talking. Oh, yeah. really good song. When, the Division Bell song itself. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, when I was fucking... I remember sitting in the chair and hearing that song come on. And as soon as he belts in with that the grass was green yeah. I was just like oh my god like it feels like it rips I just oh, uh, but, but favorite song the one that probably rips me to pieces is probably Wish You Were Here that song because that it, the way it begins and, and just that you can always hear especially on a radio edit you can always hear the kind of sound at the very beginning of it yeah and it's just a very subtle audio trick but it makes all the difference like when you had because that's what Pink Floyd was is it was that attention to detail that just like oh it brought so much to life with it it just it's oh my god I'm so happy I didn't how did I not know (laughs) that about you I don't know because because, uh, we talk uh, a lot I figured that would have came up three what is today today's the 20 20th so six days ago Six days ago was 25 years since that Pink Floyd concert. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. Which was, which was the last official Pink Floyd tour. Because, yeah. I, I, was it Mason or Wright that died? Uh, Richard. Oh, shit. Now you got me questioning it. Because, yeah, you're saying. Because every I think time it was I Richard Wright. Say, I think I'm you're pretty right. sure it's Richard Wright. Because I would think Nick Mason just came out with an album not too long ago. One or the other. Yeah. Question no. for the ages. Indeed. Indeed. For <laughs> another time. We got Google for later. Um, fuck, that makes me so happy. So top five of the top five, what's your favorite book? That's another really good question. Wow. That's, that's impressively good because it's hard to sort them down. Exactly. Anyone can do, these are my top five things and it's easy to compare it. But when you make someone pick the one of, I think I already mentioned it, the sleeping dragon. Okay. All right. All right. Good answer. Um, top five of the top five. What's your favorite TV show? Babylon Five. Okay, I've never watched that. I've been wanting to. I, I've heard it. And Star Trek. I need to give Star yep. Trek a chance. It's 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 rough, especially because so much has changed in storytelling style. Okay, from when Star Trek came out to now. Yes. Um, Babylon Five is is one of those that. It suffers from a fair bit of the time that it came out as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been 20-some years, like 25 God, or 26 years, so I think, good. since it came out. Yes. But the advances it was making around the same time, uh, that, that Trek was kind of doing the same old stories to a good degree. Yes. And, and there were some very good variations. But usually in Trek, if something happened, it was fine by the next episode. Yeah. Whereas in Babylon 5, <clears throat> that very much wasn't the case. It was very much serial storytelling at a time when serial storytelling wasn't really done. And it okay. because of what Babylon 5 did back then, it led to the much more serialized storytelling that you see in shows like Lost uh, or any of the other shows that have come out since then. Okay. So, so All yeah, right. Babylon 5 is probably <clears throat> that one. Okay. All right. And then final top five of the top five. What's your favorite memory? Wow. 
honestly, it is probably that Pink Floyd concert I was just talking Fucking about. Fucking good answer, yeah. man. Yeah. That's that was one because of Because I remember team. I remember the four of us that went to that, and I remember uh, if you ever get a chance to see Pulse, okay, which I believe is oh uh, I've seen that I had yeah, it on DVD. Wem- yes. Wem- same here, Wembley Court, um, I believe Wembley Court uh, or the Royal Court, but basically the the very the, the um, shaking of the lights. Yes, when the lights will come out straight. And then it'll hit that guitar chord that shakes, and you see the lights shaking with the chord. Yes. Seeing that live. Oh, God. And the other uh, uh, fun, interesting, additional bit of that story was that two seats, I believe, to the left of me uh, at that concert, I I, I smelled a smell I hadn't ever identified before that. (laughs) But I was able to identify it there, and then behind me, and then to the front. Yes. And friends were like, yeah, you don't want to grab one of those balloons on the way out. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes. Yeah. See, I fucking, uh, I saw, like I said earlier, I saw Roger Waters at uh, Chicago do The Wall. And yeah. I seen him do Dark Side of the Moon in 2006, which was good. Um, then a couple years later he came. So when I first started getting into Pink Floyd, one of my history teachers loved Pink Floyd, and he had a picture on his wall of a like concert where they were building the wall. And he got talking oh, okay. with me and my buddy, the buddy who got me the Pink Floyd album in the first place. <clears throat> He's like, yeah, they used to build a wall as they did the concert and then tear it the fuck down at the end. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I wish that I could have been there. So when he said he was going to do the wall tour, oh, my oh, fucking yeah. God, I was on you it. So there. we fucking drove to Chicago because it was before, a couple years before Indiana. So we didn't, I thought this could be the last one, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I was, I remember sitting in that audience and that whole thing was so amazing. Because at this point in my life, I'd been listening to Pink Floyd for like fucking 10 or 12 years, you know, like it, it's I have seen some shit through Pink Floyd. I've yeah. been through some shit with Pink Floyd. Yeah. You get it. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> when they tore that fucking wall down, I cried like a baby. It was just, oh, my God. It was so fucking powerful. And a random other tidbit, the when my son was due, he wasn't ready, so they induced yeah. labor. So I got in my car, and I had a Zoom. And my Zoom went to the next song, and it was the first track on uh, the wall. Okay. Between all the hospital trips I had to make, I started from that driveway listening to the first track of the wall, and I swear to fucking God, no pausing or anything, the last track of the wall played as I brought my son home for the last time. And I've got goosebumps right now. It's just, fuck, man. It's just, you get it. That makes me so happy. I can't stop raving about this. Like, oh. But yeah, that's my fucking jam. A very close second. And this is going to be one that sounds fucked up. Is Sting and Lyle Lovett? Really? Yeah. That's a, okay. I'm just not a big enough Sting fan. It just seems quite the spread if, to me. If but. you listen to um, the album Mercury Rising, okay. If you listen to that album pretty much straight through, yes, you might change your opinion on him just a little bit. Okay. Because because right. that was a good one, and there, he actually did a duet uh, with Lyle Lovett on that album, if I recall correctly. I'll tell but you. But that was that was another really good concert. That was at. Uh, Deer Creek, whatever it's called now. I, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Before I found out your favorite band was Pink Floyd, if you told me to listen to a Sting album, I'd be like, nah, I'm okay. Yeah. But since I know that about you now, I'm going to give that a fucking try. Because the, your opinion yeah. just raised so many levels. The first two songs at the very least. Mercury Rising by yeah. Sting. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it. I will fucking Mercury let you Rising, know. Mercury Falling. Mercury Falling. Mercury Falling. The Mercury album long, by Sting. a long, time. All right. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to fucking listen to it now. You have worked your way up to that level. Yeah, I'll I'll look that up later. But I'm pretty sure it's Mercury Falling. Good one. Mercury Rising was a shitty movie. That's right. Okay. All right. (laughs) So uh, let me take a swig of King Cobra real quick. That was tasty. Mm. There's a little bit more if you'd like. We only cracked a 25 can. Yeah, Yeah, you've got plans tonight. Got a fundraiser to go to. Yep. So we're not getting too wasted on the Cobra. Um. Take religion out of it altogether. Okay. When you die, you go to the place that you've always wanted. It can have anything. Wow. Tell me about heaven for Birdman. I've never given that really any thought at all. I know, and it's fun <laughs> to ask atheists and shit, cause, but like, let's say it happens. Yeah. What, yeah, is, yeah. what is that place like? Well, it's definitely not uh, what dreams may come. That, that That's fairly certain. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Ah, wow. I picture very much like a town, a 
about the size of the one I grew up in, but with the people and the friends and the family and the good memories that I've always had. That's pretty much the memory there. So who knows? Maybe it is closer to uh, what dreams may come in some sense. Okay. So, but no, it would be like the shops, the good shops, even you'd have a hodgepodge of times as far as you would have like this old, old ice cream parlor from my hometown called Haney's. Uh, that had that old home style ice cream parlor feel. Yeah. But then you would also have like say a steak and shake. Yeah. So so you'd have nice. A of, I like that. The people that were surrounding. Yes. You. Yeah. I, that's clever. Yeah. I like that. I like that. it. Sounds quaint but yeah. realistic. You know, yeah. like you don't have it's. Yeah, of course that steak and shake's right next to that. Like, like that's right. so that's it's adorable. always been there. And, and the noble that. the noble Romans I used to work at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Do you still yes. work at the noble Romans? No. Not in heaven we no. don't. No. Not in heaven <laughs> we don't. I'm not gonna work at any of the jobs I've worked in heaven now. Yes, no. In heaven you're retired. You just do whatever the fuck you want. Be writing. Yeah. Be writing. With with no writer's block ever. Yeah. And you can tell your story perfectly. I don't know. I honestly I think writer's block is honestly a good thing. Okay. Because writer's block forces you to try to figure out, okay, how do I get around this? A lot of writers will go, okay, I'm blocked. You know, I've written the first three chapters. I'm blocked here. Okay, so I know what's going to happen around chapter eight or nine. So let's just start there. Or I know what's going to happen in the last chapter. Let's go ahead and write the last chapter. And then just work their way back to fill in the connecting. Oh, I so, see. So, way to find that glass half full. Nice. Well, it's, it's, it's a good way to look at writer's block. Um, yes. Like I said, I've listened to one of my friends was, was really wonderful and gifted me the Neil Gaiman Masterclass. And one of the things I realized in the Neil Gaiman Masterclass while listening to it was, I already have a fair bit of this down. Okay, that's fine. Because what you don't have down, he's filling in the blocks of what helps different pieces of that when you hit writer's block, which, you know, writer's block really is just, I don't know where the story goes from here. Mm-hmm. Usually, as, as Neil Gaiman puts it, what helps best with that is to go back over what you've already written. Okay. If you go over what you, you've just, you've lost the path. That's yes. all it is. If you oh. go back over what you've already written, the path will start to come back to you. That makes so, sense. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's Writer's block is a way to, to go... I don't know where the story's going. Excuse me, I belched like a man. No worries. If if the story... If you know where the story was going when you started it, then if you hit writer's block, you've hit something that... that because that's one of the things people don't typically talk to you about with characters and stories. Some do. Characters get away from you real quick. Mm. You will start a story going, this character... This character is this guy that I worked with who was a jackass. He is in this story. And then very shortly after you start writing him being a jackass, the character will start to talk to you and go, well, but really, I've got this thing going on over here. He'll become sympathetic. And you didn't really intend for him to become sympathetic. So characters very quickly will get out of your control, so you pretty much just have to keep following them. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, the Emperor. The Emperor in uh, Albatross. Really, I had him as this kind of scruffy, staid, very, very regimented character. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after he entered the scene, he kind of got away from me on that because he started becoming much more heartwarming. I'm like... Okay, you know what? This works. If this is the direction he is going, fine. That's, it's, that's... it's like playing a game of D&D against yes. yourself with yes. six different characters with different alignments. What's funny is when I first was writing uh, the Al- not the Albatross, uh, Hand of Victory, my editor at the time told me, you're a gamer. <laughs> I'm like, how could you tell? She said, because your description and characters are good. My characters also tend to... Um, the way that the characters talk tend to be very conversational between each other. I picked that up from Kevin Smith. Okay. Because Kevin Smith really did good at that whole, this is how characters, people really talk to each other. You read some books, you realize that the characters feel like they're not really talking to each other. They're, they're reciting lines in a play. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Smith characters tend to feel like they're actually bitching at each other. So I'm like, you know that what? That makes sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so 
If you could burn down one building with no consequences, what building would it be? I don't know that I should actually say that. <laughs> I, I, I will simply say that I, I think, especially for, for listeners of yours, um, if they have ever dealt with any student loan companies. That's, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I get it. I think that's one for a lot of people because yeah, yeah, so yeah. many people have student loans yeah. these days. It's so just... I, I, I think that I, I'm not... I, I'm absolutely not advocating that anybody should go out and this burn will not those be companies. exhibit A in a court case. Um, yes. But I will simply say that I think a lot of people would feel that towards anybody that preys on others through through loans. We'll say this: nobody would miss it. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that if all of them went under in one fell swoop. I'd feel for the people that work there, but I'd also think that the people should have been smart enough to have gotten out They're, of there. They'll get over but it. But then again, people could say the same about me. It's Well, it's that whole ethical dilemma of which yeah. is better, the the loss of a couple thousand jobs or the savings of a couple million people, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and the sanity. Yeah. Because you think about it, think of all the stress that those people go under. Oh, yes. I mean, exactly. How much would it boost the economy for people yes. like, oh my God, I don't have all this debt now. I don't have to spend all this fucking money. I, I've been listening to a book called Why We Sleep, which has been talking about, about that, sleepless yes. nights and stuff like that. Yes. And the fact that sleep is so much more important. So all of these things that affect us on the back end yes. that cause lost sleep and all that are kind of at the forefront of my brain going this causes so much harm why are these people allowed to do this I so, get it yeah. I get it I think yeah I think her boyfriend's here I heard a noise wait a minute let me make sure that the chain's not on yeah yeah uh, tell them to find you on the internet sure <laughs> okay I can be found on the internet I have a Facebook page uh, Chris Canary author uh, Wamingo Press is who has copies of Whispers of a Time Forgotten. Uh, there's some copies out there now, I think, through BarnesandNoble.com uh, that have copies of Unreal City. It, it's pretty much harder to find now because I believe it ran out of print and there's no idea when it will be back in print. And then I can also be found uh, through one short story that I did for um, a podcast called the Quantum Leap Podcast. Okay. That was a basically a fanfic. All right. They they said about I think four years ago. Yeah, it would have had to have been about I think three and a half years ago because it was I think three months into the job I currently have. So so while I was trying to that was the first year I decided to try to do Nan Nano which is National Novel Writing Month. Okay. You start on November first. You end November 30th, and in between there, you've written 50,000 words. Yeah, well, okay. That is not Why were you doing that? I remember you talking about that. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Because I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. As a kind of lead-up to that, I had heard about this podcast, uh, Quantum Leap Podcast. They were doing, you know, send us your short story. Send us your, 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 favorite, your story for Quantum Leap. And I'm a Quantum Leap fan. Mm-hmm. It was one of those... That, that has inspired me in writing in a couple of different ways. Uh, just the way that the stories were, the characters were. And I was like, you know what? I have had a story that back in 1993, when Quantum Leap ended, I was like, there, there's got to be a way to continue this story. 20-year-old me didn't really have a really good idea for that. And, oh, it was rough. Oh, God. Let's see. Four years ago. 40-year-old me had a much better way of going, wait a minute, there are ways to do this. Okay, first of all, let's do your research. If you're, if the story has to be set around 2000, what characters from Quantum Leap would still be alive? And how do you do that? So, so I did a lot of research and went, these characters probably stand a chance of still being alive now. Mm-hmm. And so I just came up with a story and then just kind of started running with it. And they, they didn't do a one-winner type thing they Mm -hmm. basically had six stories submitted they picked their favorite three but both of the people that were hosting the podcast said they they told me offline that mine was their favorite (laughs) they announced it they they announced mine and two others they said mine was the most fanficy of the bunch but it was well-written fanfic and that as fans of the show they really appreciated it yeah so so that one if you uh search i believe it's uh, Quantum Leap Reflections and Repercussions. Okay. That you can find that story there. And that's just that was one that was written between uh 
between Hand of Victory and the Albatross. Okay. So that's another one of those. I was talking to you earlier about evolutionary steps. Yeah. So you can definitely see style steps as far as evolution. That's one of them. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. So a final question today before our final segment. Um, final question. If you had a billboard in downtown Indy, what would it say? <laughs> Be kind to one another. Damn, I love that. That's uh, everyone's got some good ones. Yeah, it's it's always been wholesome, and I really like that. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> we nice. that's the one thing we tend to forget is we get caught up in all the shit that we're dealing with, and we tend to forget that we are the heroes of our own story. Yes, and everybody else is the hero of their story too. And there is some overlap, and sometimes sometimes we're villains of somebody else's story. Exactly. So, yeah. And I was watching a Netflix series called Terror Close Calls or something like that. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself how these people just hate other people for just their beliefs. And I was like, man, I better be a real quick turnaround if fucking aliens came down. And they're like, fuck you humans. You all deserve to die. And we're like, oh shit, no, no, no. We're all humans right now. Like fucking I, angry I, forces. Like I, what kind of army would we have as the I, earth? I, I tend to think that if anything were to happen, it'd be much more Douglas Adams, where we were warned multiple times that we were in the way of some interdimensional or some intergalactic uh, freeway, mm. and Earth just had to be taken out because of that. I always thought Adams had that really down well. I don't yeah. know if you've ever read Hitcher, Hitchhiker. I guy. tried to, um, but that was when I was way younger. Yeah, because I'm looking for books to read. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting that it, that the adult you would have a much better grasp of, okay, you know what, I see what he was doing here. You're probably right. And That's... if you got to watch uh, any of the Good Omens series that was on Amazon, yeah. uh, 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 both Gaiman and I believe Pratchett were very inspired in several ways in their storytelling styles by Douglas Adams. Okay. So, Adam's right. influenced a lot. Nice. Especially anybody nice. sardonic. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's going on the list. I'm going to fucking... Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to think about buying a new Kindle anyway. That'll be that a perfect works. way to break it in. Absolutely. Well, all right, Birdman. Um, our final segment, I'm going to do your nails. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some uh, acrylics, and uh, we'll be right back, folks. Okay. Hello, darlings. Glad I've got you to myself for a second. Go to draglove.com, D-R-A-G-L-O-V-E.com. That's where you can find all the beautiful things about me and that I do. I don't have to sit here and plug shit all day like I used to, and it gives me more time to talk to you. But I don't want to. Draglove.com. Sure. All right, and we're back again. I am putting the acrylics on Birdman. We were just mentioning... Uh, the pictures of Chris Evans on the internet right yeah. now of him wearing those nails. Oh, that one's a little crooked there. There we go. Okay, I was about to grab it. That's what she said. Uh-huh. I did it. I did it. I think that's the first time I've done that on my podcast. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be the last. <laughs> what was that voice, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a personality thing going on, I think. This is just... Personas work. They do. They do. Well, case in point. Yeah. Because this is my thing. I couldn't talk. If I try to talk like a uh, a girl in my regular American voice, I sound really fucking stupid. And uh, me and my friend Easy Money, we always talk in this British voice. And uh, it just stuck. I was like, oh, darling, I can talk like yep. a girl. Yep. I am. I'm amused. You, you made me sit here and go, wow, I, I should go watch Priscilla again. <laughs> Damn. I just saw that for the first time like five months ago, four months ago. No, closer to six months ago. Yeah. I've never seen it. I think never you would enjoy it. This nail polish here, this is new, so hopefully it looks good in one coat. Yep. We'll I don't see. like to keep people tied up for hours waiting on their fucking nails to dry. No worries. <sighs> we'll find out soon enough. Oh, yeah. That's going to show up. I need to not yell because I'm right here in the microphone. I'm, normally, I'm a little more free with this, but you're going to that fundraiser, and I don't want you to show up with crazy cuticles. No worries. Uh, but yes, let me move this closer. Yes. Apparently, our uh, uh, favorite brewery is uh, up there as well. Oh, which favorite Lane. brewery? Scarlet Lane. Scarlet Lane, where we go once a month. I think it's the. I can't remember if it's the first or second Thursday. I think it's the second Thursday of the month. And do horror pub trivia. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. At one point where we tied for first place, but there's one team that pretty much has had a lock on it for the last several months. Oh, one January. of those teams. You know what? They're good. They're there. They're having fun, and they they outplay us. They they have I mean, more of them. Exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the point. People hate when people show up and dominate trivia, yeah. and it's like, well, I mean, if you did what they did yep. for as long as they have, you'd know the same shit. Exactly. And the fact that we can come in second or third usually is is a good mark on us anyway. So exactly at the end of the day, as long as you're having fun, that's all. It and the fact that I get to host categories, I get to host two categories next month. <gasps> Ooh, nice! What are your categories going to be? Can you uh, tell us? Mine is going to be one of mine is going to be taglines. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, you know what? Movie taglines are fun. <laughs> like the obvious one, they're here. Oh, aliens! Poltergeist. No. Oh, poltergeist! That was yeah. really yeah. Talking about ghosts? Yeah. But I'm just going to choose a whole bunch and go, hey, you know what? Let's let's see how this works. The other category, I'm not real sure on yet, but I was like, you know what? I, I, I enjoy helping uh, uh, Holy Gale is the hostess for that, uh, and it's a lot of fun, so... Nice, nice. Birdman, you look banging with some orange nails, yeah, Carol. Yeah. Oh my god, you yeah. are you are fucking killing this right now. This is I'm an ex that would greatly appreciate that. Your uh your spirit animal is this orange nail polish right now. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And as, I wish guys could wear nails and nail polish like this more. Like obviously I don't give a fuck, but like right. as a straight man you get a little more shit for it. Like a little people, bit. But you know what? Yeah. Exactly. Like it's just I like it because it adds um like I match my earrings to my clothes and shit yeah. like that. Like I like to have everything looking on point, and I think that's why I end up getting compliments. Is it's I'm I'm putting together a whole piece. I'm yeah. not just you know. So I uh, there are shirts that I won't wear right now because they won't look good with my current nails. <laughs> I can see that. But I couldn't go with the these acrylics. Like when I don't, if I cut them, it'd be a different story. But. I mean, these are these are fucking huge, and <laughs> to have no uh, prior training with them, like, you know, everyone always asks when I put them on for drag. They're like, "How do you wipe your ass?" And I say, "Oh, darling, I pay someone to wipe it yeah, for me." Yeah. But in reality, I'm not that rich, so I don't know what I'd do <laughs> if I had these on permanently and had to wipe my ass. Like, I have a lot of shitty nails. I'll poke my eye out with these. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and it's, and I wear color contacts yep. for a drag sometimes. So there's a. Oh, we'll pop her back on. Yeah, um, you'll probably need to. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> I'm sitting yeah, here. You're going to be immobile for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it keeps you here. You can't run away when I ask the hard-hitting questions. Exactly. Which are non-existent. Exactly. But if I ever had hard-hitting questions, this is this is where they'd go in the podcast. I could see that. That's a smart idea. <laughs> can't get the door Captive open. Captive audience. Fuck up your nails. <laughs> uh, you, you, you neglect to think of feet. I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to stop painting toes, too. Right, that'd, right. Just be, that'd be weird. I mean, my guests might like it. I mean, I feel like that one's going to... We're going to adjust it. I feel like it's going to yep. shoot off on me. It might. Yeah, right. I keep dragging this nail bottle across the table, and every time I listen to my podcast, I'm like, shit, I need to quit dragging that nail bottle. But guess what I do? I drag that fucking nail bottle, and I talk right into the microphone. You know, it's your podcast. Ooh, flip this nail just a little bit for me. There we go. I don't want to get it on your real nail. But you got to be looking good for picture time, you know. I'm off eventually. It's the, it's the signature trademark. I don't work for two days, so you know. Oh, yes, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. One of the nice things. And let's be real. If you showed up to a fundraiser like this, people would be like, damn, girl, those are some nice uh -huh. nails. Maybe. Be real tempted. I'd say, and that's the thing. If you really came to get your nails done for a fucking fundraiser, I would have you decked out in diamonds, yep. and fucking offset nails. Yeah, looking little, good in yeah. orange. It definitely needs a second coat if I was going to do it professionally. Yep. But I like this little polish. There you go. Now you know it's what it looks shit. like. Yes, yes. Which is handy. Hell yes. Well, fuck yeah, big man. <laughs> fucking looking great. Let me get a picture. Let me get Absolutely. these lights up. I'm gonna try to light it up a little bit better. It's not optimal, but um, yeah. Uh, there we go. There you go. Get some light going. Yeah. And then uh, yes, yeah. You grab that bad boy. And then uh, oh, I like that. Yes, I like that. 
Let me. It's getting nice in the bed, man. Banging. That looks Good. looks phenomenal. What do you think? Absolutely. That's the first take. That's the first one we've had on the first try. <laughs> Fucking a. Almost like I've done yes. acting and other stuff before. I know, life. right? That's weird. <laughs> I would think. <laughs> well, Birdman, you got any final thoughts for us or anything? I always hate final thoughts. Final thoughts always it's, sound terminal. And, it's loaded. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah but, but as far as final thoughts, I, I had a good time just hanging out, chatting. It was I, great. I love the behind the scenes yeah. of your stories. And again, um, we can find you through Wamingo Publishing. Yep. W-A-M-I-N-G-O. Yep. Correct? Okay. Exactly. They put um, out uh, uh, books from Jeremy Lee Riley, uh, who also had a story in uh, uh, Whispers of a Time Forgotten. Okay. Cassie Smith had a story in there. Rose Strife had a story in there. Dar Parsons had a story in there. Excellent. Um, and, and we occasionally hit... Lately, we've been hitting uh, Books and Brews. Okay. Uh, to, to read from our stories and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, we did it, you know, pretty much last year. We're doing it a little bit more this year. Jeremy's got another Sidoria book coming out. He's, I think that's book three. I can't remember if it's book three or book four. Okay. Uh, but he's got a lot of really good. His his are pretty much space tales. So space nice. tales, soldiers, stuff like that, that a lot of readers enjoy. Mine, I'm like, you know what? Whatever's going to sound fun. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that. You can tell that you write what you like. Yeah. And I like that. And it, it makes sense now that I like your stories because you think on the same wavelength to like Pink Floyd. So you yeah. got that brain frequency. That's, it's, it's one of those that's a, a little bit off and a little bit odd. And, exactly. And causes people to, wait a minute, what it's did I just It's so refreshing though. Yeah. It was such a good read. Um, definitely, definitely want to hear more of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still glad. I still remember when you first came back from uh, uh, reading Starkview Intergalactic, which is an oddity because that's going to get rewritten at some point because that was written first person. Okay. Of course, that had to be written first person for yes. that type of story. Oh, yes. Now to change it so that it's more accessible in a third person narrative. So, okay. Yeah, All yeah. right. All right. Work. Cause, work. Because, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. But, again, I for Starkview, it's one of those that I was like, gee, what's what's how can I make this story work? And it's like tech support on the Enterprise is basically the hook for that. It's like. And it's so clever. Yeah. It's, well, it's very clever. One of the things, and this is one of the things that I realized in the master class uh, uh, for Damon, he talks about the fact that, you know, authors are always asked, where do you get your ideas? And he got used to giving the flip answer, the, the, the really easy answer. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he was uh, doing, I think, for, for seven-year-olds. And he was like, I can't be that asshole. Yes, <laughs> so yes. he's... He said it, it's basically what most authors or anyone who writes will realize. It's confluence. Mm -hmm. You take idea A, mesh it with idea B, smash them together, and then you just write what happens. Because yes. you've lived experience. You know what's going to happen as you move along in life. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I keep smiling because I see your nails going. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love people in nails. It makes me yeah. so happy. Oh, hell yes. That one's we'll going to come off soon. But, oh, well. Yeah, we'll pop them off oh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah. you no, worries, no worries. No. <laughs> I'm not worried at all. It's like, yeah, yes. this is fine. It looks great, too. Even if you had to keep them on, I'd give you a better touch-up. Then yeah, we'd send yeah. you on your way, and you'd get every every boy oh, you'd on the Take top. another picture and text me so I could send it to Crystal. <laughs> Absolutely. can do that. Absolutely. Because right now I'm sitting here going. It's hard to get, yeah, and you don't want to get that polish on your shirt. Nah. Tricky. You can see it. It is. But, you know. That's one thing I like. Uh, Dan had to do that last week. He was like, I need to try to uh, unlock my phone and send a text message because they're just huge. There we go. I'll have you, have you fix that thing. one for me just a little bit. There we go. Boops. Have you. Perfect. Cool, cool. Awesome. It all works out. Awesome. And see, I managed to do that and still not, except for that one just kind of sliding. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. There's with just, practice, with practice. Exactly, exactly. Typing is the big one. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah typing, typing. It'll get you. Typing I wouldn't want to try right now. No, it's Because I'd be like, huh, yeah, it's that's rough. not going to work out for me. <laughs> but no, I had a great time. I, I Thank you, Brian. I am looking forward to introducing this show to several others. How many episodes Absolutely. do you have out already? I think you're my third. Another third. I got another booked for next week, and then cool. uh, I got a couple more guests ready to come on. I just need to 
get with them and get. It would have been the range of topics. Uh, it's pretty much uh, life experiences. Nice. I just get people talking about Smart. you know what they like, what they love. We go through these questions, and what I like about these questions is it sparks a lot of natural conversation yeah. that gets you inside the brain of the person. Yep. So like, it's cool to see, you know, just just I don't know things that you've never knew you wanted to know from people. Well, I had to I had to sit and think for a second on. Uh, That's what I uh, like about the, them. the 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 movie. The movie came really quick because I was like. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. That's yeah. that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend Fisher King to just about anybody. I, when so. I listen to this, I'm going to write those down, and, yeah. and I'm also going to listen to uh, Sting. Yeah, the Mercury album. Mercury, Mercury falling. Mercury falling, and uh, yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's I'll, if you don't like at least the first couple of songs, I'll be surprised. That's fair. But but tastes are different, so you never know. Yes, so. true. Cool. I'm gonna give it a go though. Birdman. Thank you for Killing Time today. This has been Killing Time with Kimber Lovecraft. Uh, if you want more of me, you can actually go to draglove.com now. D-R-A-G-L-O-V-E.com. You can find out all the projects I'm working on. Um, there's links. It'll get you where you need to be. Um, and I'll get, I'll get you links for uh, for the show notes as far as uh, the we publisher will, and yes, all that. Yes, we'll yeah. get them in the comments section. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. Birdman again, thank you for Killing Time with Kimber Lovecraft today. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure, sir. Oh, darling, it was so nice having you with us today. If you'd like to see the beautiful face that goes with this voice, follow me on Instagram at Kimber Lovecraft. You can also follow Dream Queen Nails if you're looking for some fierce-ass fucking fingernails. Dream Queen Nails. Claw their heart out in style. <laughs>